This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Coming up at 3.30, Tim Watkins from BearsIllustrated.com. He'll join us to talk all things Baylor Bears, all their NFL draft prospects that they have for this upcoming draft that kicks off April 28th right here in Las Vegas, 28th through 30th. Definitely, if you're around the area, make sure that you go check it out. Do yourself a favor. Take your family. Check it out. Be part of the fun. Be part of the festivities. It's a whole... Uh, experience that you definitely want to check out and you don't want to miss because you want to be able to talk about it at some other uh, point in life. It's just, again, the draft is is just a great thing. We've also been getting a lot of feedback on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and also the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. What Raider was must-watch TV for you and what non-Raider was must-watch TV for you? Uh, had a lot of folks r- chiming in in the last segment, so we definitely appreciate all that. Before we go back out to the Raider Nation listener line, I did want to give you the the transaction that the Raiders made today. I've kind of teased it a couple times. The Raiders signed defensive end to Sean Bauer. Uh, he's six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. He was with the Minnesota Vikings and the Patriots. Uh, he was originally an undrafted free agent with the Vikings back from the twenty seventeen draft. He's been in twenty games with the uh, stats. Recording 22 tackles, 16 solo, four tackles for loss, uh, two sacks, and one pass defense. And clearly he has ties to the New England Patriots. So another guy that can help bring in some some uh, competition and and just another uh, another guy to get some reps when they do actually get back to training camp and all that good stuff. So Deshaun Bauer is now a member of the Silver and Black. Also the Raiders signed exclusive rights-free agent tight end Nick Bowers and safety Roderick Teamer. Uh, I'm excited about both those guys because I think that they both have a role on the team. So Nick Bowers, uh, another tight end. He was exclusive rights free agent. So that clearly lets you know that the Raiders uh, do believe that they have something in him. And then safety Roderick Teamer. He's the guy who, if you remember last offseason, he's the one who made Carl Joseph expendable. He was the guy that he was out there in a training camp uh, against the Rams when they were doing those scrimmages. And he was really the one in the you know, in the middle of all the fights that was going on with the Rams. Not saying that you want the guy to go out there and fight, but you just saw that he had a little bit of edge to him, and the Raiders really liked that, so they kept him around. Now, he got banged up throughout the course of the season, but to see that he's back and, and can, can provide something for the team, I think is a good thing. At the very least, he'll be a really good special team player, but I do think he has a role on the team as a safety, so that's something to look forward to. Tight end Nick Bowers and Roderick Team are both uh, exclusive rights-free agents have been signed. And then they waived with a non-football injury offensive lineman Kamal Seymour. So those are all the transactions that the Raiders have made as of today. Signing defensive end Deshaun Bauer, also signing or re-signing Nick Bowers and Roderick Teamer, and then they waived offensive lineman Kamal Seymour. So we'll get to cover three in just a few minutes, but I did want to go out to the Raider Nation re- listener line real quick at 702-365-9200. Avant Raider, you're on the, you're on the line, my man. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Q. Hey, pop quiz. Who did they trade to get Ricky Henderson? Who the A's trade? Oh, man, when he was with the Yankees and they traded him back, right? Yep, yep. Oh, man. Uh, Luis Polonia. He was one of them. He was the one I was looking for. That Because that guy, he was part of that uh, team that ruined my childhood in <laughs> 1988. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, just circling back to that. Must-watch Raider, uh, I would say Napoleon Kaufman. Nice. Maybe. Uh, and Deion Sanders, non-Raider. Oh, yeah. Deion's a good one. Deion's a really good one. I like. Hey, man, I like that Luis Polonia, though. I hadn't thought about that dude in a while. It took me a minute. He had the jerry curl and everything. I was going to say he had that bad Dominican curl, man. <laughs> he sure did. He was a hell of a player, though. He was pretty good, man. What was he, number 22? Was that his number? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. There, there you go. I remember. I remember, sweet Luis. All right, there it is. Hey, man, thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Good stuff right there. It, it took me a minute. I had to think about that. Oh, Luis Polonia. I'll tell you what, man. Those A's teams, man, they had squad. They had players from top to bottom. They don't have those guys now, but they had they had players top to bottom. I'm telling you, even guys coming off the bench were really good players. Now, well, they just don't they just don't operate that way. But I mean, it is what it is. But thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Again, the question that I threw out there on the Raider Nation listener line and the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. What Raider was must-watch TV for you and what non-Raider was must-watch TV? And really, the reason I came up with this is because I was watching Tiger Woods all weekend, and he is must-watch TV. And obviously, based off of the numbers, what, Thursday, 2.8 million people watched the Masters on a Thursday? Nobody watches Thursday. The most ESPN has ever gotten on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Right. That's just, I mean, that's that's the Tiger effect. On Friday, 3-point-something million? Just bananas. Now, unfortunately, Saturday and Sunday he fell off, but you're still watching. You're still watching to see what he does. Because at some point, you're like, yep, there he goes. So that's really where this question came from is based off of what we saw this weekend with the Masters with Tiger Woods. And I know he's not going to play in all these tournaments moving forward. He's going to cherry pick where he wants to play and when he wants to play. And that's fine. That's fine. Because when he's out there, <laughs> I'll be watching. He, Matter of fact, let's put it like this. He damn near made me buy ESPN Plus this weekend because I wanted to see it when it really happened. And on Sunday, it was delayed. Matter of fact, I think Saturday and Sunday it was delayed. It was already in action, and the actual broadcast wasn't on TV yet. Okay. So I almost went and bought ESPN Plus just so we could pull it up, just for that. That's that would be the extreme of the Tiger right. effect. Exactly. Exactly. That's going back to Mike Tyson in the in the black box that apparently you didn't know that people had. No. Also, back to the Masters real quick. Yeah. My pick to win it. He didn't win it, but I mean, it's top five finish. Colin Morikawa. This is one of those. I know my golf a little bit. There you go. Top five finish. I, you know, I'm not mad eight. at you. Hey, I'm not mad at you at all. You know, uh, I didn't. I I knew what Rory. Obviously, I knew him. But uh, Lee Sterling had, had picked Cameron Smith as a dark horse. Uh, we had done a, a category on our uh, Locked On Bet show called uh, Bet a Little, Win a Lot, and and okay. Cameron Smith was like 23 to one to win. And man, for a minute there, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> not that I had a dime bet on it, but I was like, let's go. But if you picked them and you heard it on the show. Yeah, it was going to be bragging rights. That's all I need. I don't need the money. I just need the bragging rights. I mean, I want the money, but I don't want to bet the money. So, uh, Oh, man, I went out to Buffalo. No, but Twin Peaks with the friends, you know, okay. a couple of fellas. And, you know, everybody, like, it's the parlay. They always tell you don't do the parlay. Yes, don't do it. Because then the one fighter loses. Aljermaine Sterling. It was the uh, it was the co-main event for the UFC 273 card. You were at Twin Peaks this weekend. Yes, and you didn't call me. It's like literally around the corner from it my is. house. Yeah, <laughs> man. Cole, hey, that's why, I, man. Friends like you, I don't need enemies. God, dog, you were literally around the corner from the house. Yeah. So Twin Peaks, <laughs> but they're ripping the ticket. I was like, go ahead and watch. I said, go ahead and rip it up. I want to see it happen. And just the. Sh- 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 of betting a parlay. It's like, come on, man. They always tell you because all it takes is that one fighter to screw it up for you. Right. Well, see, that's what you get. That's what you get for not calling your boy, telling him, hey, man, I'm literally right around the corner from your house. Like, literally, Q, right around the corner from your house. It's all good. It's all good. Let's go ahead and jump into a quick cover three real quick.
It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We've already talked about the Raiders getting uh, their offseason workouts underway today. Not only did the Raiders get started, the Broncos, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Vikings, and Tampa Bay all got underway today. Each NFL team is entitled to a nine-week voluntary voluntary offseason program, and teams with new head coaches can kick off their workout sessions earlier than the rest of the league. The Bears, Dolphins, Saints, Giants, they'll all begin their workouts, or they did begin their workouts last week, and uh, most of the NFL will start next week. The Cincinnati Bengals, they'll be the very last team to actually get started. They don't get started until May 2nd. So there you go. Cincinnati's going to be late to the party, but Cincinnati was in the Super Bowl. So I guess they're saying, hey, you know what? We don't need to start as early as the rest of you guys. We're all going to start on May 2nd. So that's that's the latest and the greatest when it comes to offseason workouts beginning. And again, it's just, it's just fun to know that there's actually some activity going on. There's some coaches and players together in, the, in these individual facilities just because we love NFL so much. Kayvon Thibodeau, he's going to be a big-time player. He's going to be a top-five pick from Oregon. Uh, he's visiting with the Detroit Lions. Uh, matter of fact, they got the number two overall pick. He's going to meet with them tomorrow. He meets with the Giants on Thursday and the Jets on Friday. So he's going to – basically, he's a top-five pick. I don't know where he's going to go, but he's he's basically on a, on a little tour with everyone who has a top-five pick except for the number one overall team. The Jacksonville Jaguars, he never met with them. So I don't know if that means that they're going to pick him. But last week he met with the Texans, who host the number three overall pick. The Lions tomorrow, the Giants on Thursday, and the Jets on Friday. So uh, somewhere in that top five, Thibodeau will go. And he's a big-time talent coming out of Oregon. A couple bad, not bad news, but, well, it is bad news, actually. A couple uh, bad pieces of news came out over the weekend, including Gary Brown. He passed 52-year-old. He was a longtime uh, running back coach in the NFL for the Cowboys. Uh, In 2021, he actually was a running back coach at the University of Wisconsin. He had been dealing with all kinds of significant health issues, is what they're calling it, uh, since 2019 and had been in hospice care. So it wasn't something that caught them off guard. But he passed over the weekend, and please believe that the hits did not stop there. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, that was the big one that happened on Saturday. Couldn't believe it. 24 years old, he passed away in South Florida after getting hit by a dump truck. And I hate to say it like that because it sounds like I'm goofing. Like, oh, he got hit by a dump truck. But he literally got hit by a dump truck on the side of the road there in South Florida. Unbelievable. So Saturday was just one of those weird days when you woke up to that news. And I remember when I woke up to it, I was like, is that real? No, I mean, like, is that really real? That's not really real. Like, I had to check to see if that was really Adam Schefter's tweet or or if that was, you know, some fake account because there's so many of those out there. Then Adam Schefter didn't word it very good, and so he had to delete that and go back because he was getting drugged for that. He was talking about um, Dwayne Haskins, who struggled to pick up with uh, Washington and Pittsburgh. Like talked about his play on the field. Like a 24-year-old just lost their life. Like who cares if he struggled on the field or not? I mean, it's just tragic. He was there in in uh, South Florida working out with some Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't know if you saw his Instagram, and I'm not on Instagram, but I saw it on Twitter. Someone tweeted it out that he had just had a video the day before with Najee Harris. Yep. You saw that? Yeah, it was just like, I don't know if he was like clowning on what he was wearing or something. Right. You know, yeah. Just having a good time. Right, exactly. So uh, that was unfortunate. That happened on Saturday. Uh, then also on Thursday, and I had this on my notes for Friday, and I just never brought it to the table, and I guess it's good because I could just kind of round it all up now. Uh, Hall of Famer Rayfield Wright, he passed away on Thursday. He was a big-time player, also for the Dallas Cowboys, so the Cowboys got hit a couple times. He played all 13 of his NFL seasons uh, in Dallas, and he was a Hall of Famer, uh, total 182 games. He earned uh, first 
of his six Pro Bowl nods and three consecutive first-team All-Pros in 1971, was named to the NFL's All-Decade team of the 1970s. So he was a big-time player, uh, appeared in five Super Bowls and won two, and uh, was part of what he called, uh, well, actually was part of the the group that they started calling America's team when they labeled the Cowboys as America's team. So Rayfield Wright passed away, Dwayne Haskins passed away, Gary Brown passed away, basically between Thursday and Sunday. Just a lot of, a lot of guys passing away, and that's very unfortunate, but... Uh, that's what happened, especially with Dwayne Haskins, man, being 24 years old. That's just, that's crazy. And then the 49ers, this is funny. I saw a, a tweet earlier today saying that they signed former Seahawks wide receiver Malik Turner and Colts wide receiver Marcus Johnson. And then it said also re-signed former Raiders defensive lineman Maurice Hurst. Well, about 20 minutes after I saw that, it said the 49ers have released defensive lineman Maurice Hurst. So apparently they didn't re-sign him, even though the original tweet that I saw said that they uh, had signed him. And I've seen a lot of Raider fans say, bring him back home, bring him back home. I only question I ask you, why? Didn't he have a good season last season? No. Oh. I mean, he didn't do too much anything. He hasn't done too much anything in the league. It's just for some reason, and I've said this before, we've actually had shows about this before, there's certain guys that fans really, really like and they grow accustomed to. And he's one of them. 2021, he had two combined tackles and no sacks. I don't even know how many games he played. It must have been like two. It was two. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he did literally nothing. And he's really done nothing throughout the course of his career. I mean, he's had moments where he's flashed, but he hasn't done anything. His best season was 2019 for the Raiders when he had, no, sorry, 2018 he had four sacks. 2019 he had three and a half. And since then he's had a half a sack. Since 2019 he's had a half a sack. My bad, I confused him with Arden Key. That's, Arden Key had a good season. That's who I confused yeah, him Yeah, yeah, he signed a, what, a one-year or two-year deal in Jacksonville. He had a good year. But Maurice Hurst has done a whole lot of nothing. And I, look, I was excited about him when they drafted him. I thought he was a steal from Michigan. He was dealing with that heart issue, and I was like, oh, man, they got a steal. This is going to be great. He's going to be a hell of a player. He just, for some reason, good guy, doesn't mean he's a good player. And it's so, it's, I don't know why it's so difficult sometimes to separate a good guy from a good player. Like, you want your team filled with good players. You don't want your team filled with good guys. Yeah, it's cool if he's a good guy or a fun dude. Oh, I like him. Great. But I like guys that can play good. Maurice Hurst is just not good. Unfortunately for him, he's just not that good. He's gone. You know, he hasn't done much. He didn't do much with the Raiders. Did nothing with the 49ers. And now people are like, oh, bring him home. Why? What did he do? Two games. Two games. Like, I, I literally want to know. Why you would bring Maurice Hurst back to the Raiders? Like, what has he done for you that you've seen that would make you think, okay, it's going to be different now? It's like getting, it's getting back with your ex. She's your ex for a reason, or he's your ex for a reason. Keep it pushing. Let it go. How deep are you in Raiders Twitter for you to even see who's asking for Maurice Hurst? Well, I have on TweetDeck, I have a, a, a category that says Raiders. And so anyone who tweets anything that says Raiders, it pops up. Why are you are you seeing none? Yeah, that's uh, not because we got two different timelines where I see like the big <laughs> stuff, but I ain't seen nobody like, yeah, let's bring back Maurice Hurst. Oh, okay, well maybe maybe I just went on a rant for nothing. I saw multiple people saying it. I feel like this is one of those things like we're all on the same side here, Q. I don't I don't think so. Who said this? I'm gonna pull it up right Who now. Who wants a guy back that played in two games last season? I promise you I saw people say it. Now I don't now of course I don't see anything. They deleted the tweets. No, no. I just, I mean, I, I know I saw it somewhere. Oh, man. <laughs> he said, how deep are you? I get all the tweets that say 
Say Raiders. Now you got me really looking. Because, you know, sometimes team Twitter, like I went, I joined a Raiders, not a Raiders, a Lakers space the day that it was like, they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. I joined that space just to hear people, you know, whining right. and complaining. Right. It was funny. <laughs> I bet. If you was on Wilson Rusberg's side, I don't want to hear from you tonight. Oh, gosh. I can imagine how toxic that was. Yes. That is unbelievable. Well, anyway, I'll find it during the commercial break, and I'll bring it back up. But anyway, Maurice Hurst got released today, and I am not for bringing him back. Nice guy, not a nice player. Anyway, now that DeMont's pointed out, we can't find it anywhere, and we really can't. But I'm telling you, I've seen it somewhere, and I will find it in the commercial break. When we come back, though, uh, I talk about the NFL draft all the time, and I talk about the fact that uh, really the couple days leading up to the draft is what's really exciting, all the different opportunities you have to meet with players. And I I frequently reference... 2019 when I got to meet Josh Josh uh, Josh Jacobs geez excuse me Josh Jacobs I'm still looking for Reese Hersler here on Twitter I can't can't do two things at the same time but I met Josh Jacobs in 2019 uh, in in Nashville at the stadium and I had a couple minutes to talk with him so uh, I said on Friday that I was going to bring that t- that conversation to the table so I actually have it I found it so we're going to bring that and you'll hear that next this is Radio Nation Radio 920. Hey Raider Nation this is Bill Romanowski and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Okay, we solved a few mysteries here during the commercial break. I did find, and I had multiple people send me tweets about bringing Mohurst back. I also saw an update that says that Ian Rappaport, who put out the fact that Mohurst was released, has deleted that tweet. So I don't know what the hell is going on with Mohurst at this point, but there were multiple people that have uh, put out bring Mohurst back. Um, guys that kind of, I don't want to say cover the Raiders, but talk about the Raiders. I'll just throw it out there like yeah. that. Just guys that talk about the Raiders. The 49ers saw the groundswell of Raiders <laughs> supporters. Like, they mo- they oh, them. wait a minute. Bring them back. But we can't let them go just for nothing. Right, right. So that was that was kind of my bad. But good good catch, Damon, and thank you for all the, uh, we got a couple text messages and a couple tweets that actually were uh, telling me who it was that was talking about it. So uh, my bad. I just glanced over real quickly and saw someone say, bring them back. And I thought, why? Why would you do that? But you know how fans get Fans get infatuated with certain players, and it was like, oh, man, that guy was great. Nah, nah, he really, he really wasn't. He was a cool dude, though. Um, how about this? And then we also got we also got this text from my guy, Raider Allen in Georgia. We were talking about the black box earlier. Remember, you said it was yeah, old. of course. Talking about the us old folks. He said, hey, Q, the black box you were talking about was a cable disc scrambler in my hood. They couldn't be zapped because they would they weld a chip in them. They were called bulletproof box, boxes. I don't know. See, see, none of this sounds real. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, but I'm telling you, we all had the black box, man. Everyone bought the black box because cable was expensive. And so we just we plugged it in, and then we were always told to unplug it so that the cable company didn't get it. But Ray Al talking about his his box had a secret chip. He said his was bulletproof. I, ne- I didn't have a bulletproof. A bulletproof secret chip. I didn't have a bulletproof box. <laughs> Ain't nobody got a bulletproof box. Just saying. Raider Al in Georgia had one, though. So, and I, I don't doubt Raider Al. Raider Al's got a lot going on, so I don't doubt him. But coming up at 3.30, we'll be talking to my guy, Tim Watkins from BearsIllustrated.com. But I did want you to hear kind of a throwback interview that I did back in 2019 with Josh Jacobs, who then at the time was an Alabama, just a member of the Alabama Crimson Tide, preparing for the draft. Matter of fact, it was April 24th, 2022, or 2019, excuse me, when 
when I did this interview, and the next day was the draft. And the news about Marshawn Lynch retiring, I say that in air quotes, had just came out. So I kind of tried to influence at the end here Josh Jacobs and the Raiders, kind of try to talk it into an existence. And eventually it did become, uh, you know, the Raiders and, and Josh Jacobs as they selected him number 24 overall in the first round of the draft. But this is something that you could look forward to as we get ready for our draft coverage because we'll have opportunities to meet with the prospects before they get drafted, similar to what I did with Josh Jacobs. Here with Alabama running back Josh Jacobs. And Josh, what's this whole experience been like? I mean, it's the day before the draft now. What are you feeling? How's this all been? Uh, this experience has been great, man. I mean, the thing that I'm feeling the most is just soaking up the moment um, and trying to be as stress-free as possible. Is that something that the Alabama guys have told you, the Mark Ingrams, the Nick Saban, just everyone who's come before you, like, just soak in this moment enjoy it? I mean, yeah, and then it's just a testament to me, like, my life, um, just to be in this position is, is huge for me. So it's like, regardless of how I play out, I'm, my life's going to change. So what is there for me to be stressing about? You know what I'm saying? What is the conversations like with your dad? Because I know you have, you know, everything that you've been through in your life, like you mentioned. I mean, you, you know, going, sleeping in the car and stuff like that. I mean, what is the conversations like with your dad right before this stage? It's humbling. He gets more emotional than I do um, because he sacrificed so much for me to be here. And, I mean, he's believed in me before I even believed in myself. I mean, so just just to let him be allowed to be a part of this this environment and this process with me I mean it's huge is this uh when you get to the league whatever team you go to I mean is there something that you want to be known for or is it something that you want to continue to grow like do you you know I mean do you have something that you feel like you need to get better at or are you just going to be like a a jack of all trades honestly I'm my own biggest critic okay I feel like I can improve on everything I don't feel like I've reached my peak feel like it's a lot more in store for me and I don't let nobody put limitations on what I can do and what I can't do um, but one of the biggest things honestly is just want to stay true to who I am and actually be one to give back to my community I'm the first one that came out from from where I'm from to do anything on this type of level um, and even the people that's in Oklahoma that leaves don't really come back and do anything so I mean that's that's probably the biggest thing to, to go back there and to show people like it's possible um, and not only change the culture of everything, of the, of the city, um, of the mindsets of people and things like that. So, I mean, it's definitely huge. So it sounds like what, whatever team gets you is going to get on, not only a stud on the field, but also a, a guy that's going to represent off the field and, and be that example for those guys back home. Honestly, I feel like anything I do off the field is more important than anything I could ever do on the field. Don't get me wrong, I love the game of football. Right. I love the, I, I put everything into it. But anything touching people's lives and stuff like that is bigger than running the ball down the field. I mean, so that's probably my thoughts about it all. I mean, just being in a position, I said, never having somebody to look up to. I just want to be that for somebody. I mean, so that's huge for me. Any idea where you think you may be going tomorrow? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I keep getting this question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, with Marshawn retiring today, you know, all of a sudden all the, the headlines are, hey, you're going to go to the Raiders or the Raiders yeah, are going to need you. I see that. I mean, I like Gruden. I talked to uh, Mayock and all of them out there. I mean, they have, they have a great staff. Um, so it should be interesting. However, play out. Hopefully, I mean, if we go out there, Tax free that next year. I mean, that's, that sounds good to me. <laughs> you got your head all right. Yeah. You're already thinking about keeping taking your finances. Yeah, of course.
There it is right there, Josh Jacobs. And, and that's one of the biggest things I took away from meeting him is that he was already focused and kind of knew exactly about the revenue situation and what it was like in Vegas because when he was drafted, remember, he was playing in Oakland. He wasn't in uh, Las Vegas yet, but he said, hey, go out there the next year. So he already kind of had it mapped out. And then we all found out later after he was drafted by the Raiders that he had been in talks with them a long time and that he had a pretty good idea. He was going to go to the Silver and Black, that he thought his uh, college teammate, Quentin Williams, was going to be a Raider as well. But the Jets took him at number three. So uh, that's that's just some of it. And I, I'm telling you, as I was going through those interviews for 2019, there were so many Ed Olivers. There was, I mean, every guy, Hollywood Brown, just all kind of different guys that were in that draft that are expected to be in the green room, we have access to. So we're going to bring that to you before they get drafted, before they become the team they go to. We'll have that opportunity leading up to the draft. And that is some of the most fun part of covering the NFL draft. We'll obviously do a lot more of that. Coming up next... Tim Watkins from BearsIllustrated.com. He'll join us to talk all things Baylor Bears as far as the guys that are in the draft and could be potential Raiders later on down the road. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Talking all things NFL draft today. Taking a lot of different looks at it. Many different angles. Earlier we had Sam Conn Jr. on from The Athletic. Talked about guys from the state of Texas, in college at the state of Texas, that are going to be entering the NFL draft prospects. Only school that we didn't talk about was Baylor because, well... We have our guy Tim Watkins from BearsIllustrated.com joining the show, and we knew that he can give us a deep dive into all things Baylor. And, Tim, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And one guy I wanted to ask you about off top because the Raiders have actually had him in for a bit visit is defensive back Kalen Boogie Barnes. And I know he's a fast dude. I know he hasn't been really even playing the defensive back position for quite a while, but he was here in Vegas for the Shrine Bowl. I kind of got to see him up close and personal then. Uh, what, what, what can you tell us about Boogie Barnes? Yeah, you're talking about one of the fastest players in the draft this year. Set a uh, a record when it came to speed in the 40-yard dash at the combine. He's a guy that played wide receiver for most of his career in high school. Started that way at Baylor, transitioned to that cornerback spot, and, and really took off over the last few years when it came to the Dave Aranda defense. And he's somebody that athletically does a lot of things really, really good. Needs to clean up some technique, get some more experience. But being just a shade under six feet tall, uh, well-built and that fast, you just can't teach that. Is it ever surprising to you that there are so many Baylor Bears that are going to be, you know, that are potential draft picks this upcoming year? No, I think it really is a credit to uh, both Dave Aranda and his program as well as Matt Rule and his program and really what they tried to do with their recruiting and their development. Uh, Matt Rule, who was hired in 2017, really recruited guys with high upside, uh, multiple pieces of clay that had the measurements, that had the speed and the athleticism, but maybe didn't have the production, maybe didn't weren't refined football players, so they weren't the four- and five-star guys that the, the power Blue Bloods programs will get over a Baylor. These were guys like Kalen Barnes, who was a six-foot wide receiver, which you can find them all over the U.S., <laughs> but he had elite speed. He didn't 
have a ton of production. He was injured a lot in high school. So he was a, a high three-star caliber recruit, and now all of a sudden he's a guy that's going to be drafted in the NFL based on his work, based on his dedication, and what the last two programs and staffs at Baylor have been able to do with that piece of clay coming into the program. You know, we talk about Barnes and his speed, but outside of his speed, what else do you think is probably the, his biggest strength? Yeah, he, he's a guy that really reacts well. He's got solid hands. Um, he had three interceptions, one each in 19, 20, and 21. Really, he started 10 games last year. He started five games in 2020, played in all 14 games, really as a third cornerback in 2019. So only a 16 career starts, three interceptions in those games. He's, he's really good at the point of attack. Um, he can be a little bit aggressive when it comes to kind of the under-breaking routes, but he trusts his speeds to be able to do those double moves. So if you throw it in front of him, he's able to get a hand on it, and sometimes he'll even take it to the house. Well, that's a guy that the Raiders have been interested in, or at least brought him in for a visit just to kind of pick his brain and see what he's all about. Again, we're talking right now with Tim Watkins from BearsIllustrated.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, how about from the safety position? We've talked to you about Jalen Petrie before, but JT Woods is getting a little bit of uh, action and getting some attention as well. How about those two safeties in Petrie and Woods? What are your thoughts on those guys? You know, Woods is an, an average athlete, solid speed, but when, you, when it comes to somebody that, that has tremendous ball skills, uh, you know, he, he tied for the nation's lead in interceptions, not even counting his game-winning one in the top 15 upset over Iowa State uh, as they went for a two-point conversion. He's a guy that simply makes plays, uh, someone that has a lot of playing experience and starting experience as well. So a little bit different than the, the high upside, not a ton of experience, Kalen Barnes, J.T. Woods is a guy who's played a lot of football, was a safety at Cibolo Steel in one of the best uh, defensive backfields in the country that year, playing with a couple of four- and five-star players. He's played a lot of football at that position, and he profiles very, very well as that kind of center field free safeties type role. Nice. I like it. I like it. As far as Petrie, I mean, I know he was one of the guys, he was the only guy that was really around when uh, Matt Rule took over uh, after everything that had kind of broken down with Art, uh, Art, uh, Art uh, Bryles and, and that whole situation there. So what can you tell us about Petrie? Yeah, he's just a playmaker, uh, a guy that really profiles as just a football player. Uh, he is an average athlete, average size. You look at him, you're, you're going to see somebody that, as a nickel corner, probably a little bit too big, probably a little too slow. As a linebacker, probably not big enough, doesn't hit as hard. But somehow he just makes those plays. And he's a guy that can set the edge, even though he's only 5'11", 198 pounds. He's a guy that can turn his hips and cover pretty well. But where he really is exceptional is when the play's in front of him. Uh, as a blitzer from that kind of nickel role, he's elite. As a guy can, diving into the backfield and making, uh, making an impact behind the line of scrimmage, he's elite. So when plays are really in front of him, that's where he really shines. And he, he's a guy that can fill roles adequately across the, the table. I, I like to say, you know, there's, there's always the, uh, the, the axiom of a guy that is the whole dinner plate. Is he a fork? Is he a spoon? Is he a knife? Is he a cup? Petrie doesn't take anything off the table. He puts everything on the table for you, and that is really an exceptional skill and a re rare skill and a defensive coordinator, defensive scheme that wants somebody to be able to do a lot of different things very well. 
Pitchery's a godsend. You know, it's funny. As we're talking about Jalen, uh, MJ Acosta, uh, she just tweeted out that he's going to be on uh, NFL Total Access this afternoon, a little bit later on this evening. So there you go. That's good timing right there, right? <laughs> so if you Completely you, planned. Right. Yeah, exactly. We, we knew what we were doing. So MJ Acosta puts out that Baylor's uh, Jalen Petrie's going to be on NFL Total Access. So you want to get to know him a little bit more, you could check that out. That's pretty cool. But right now we're talking with Tim Watkins from BearsIllustrated.com, talking all things Baylor Bears. How about Terrell Bernard? He's a guy that I remember when he, when Clay Johnston went down and everyone thought, oh, man, the linebacking position is going to be hurting. It's going to be a struggle bus. Terrell Bernard stepped in and really did a heck of a job and continued to be a real big leader on that defensive side of the ball for the Baylor Bears and just a hell of a playmaker. What are your thoughts on Bernard? Yeah, Bernard's uh, one of those in vogue, undersized, quicker safeties, or, or quicker linebackers. Even though he doesn't have elite sideline to sideline speed, he has strong to good sideline to sideline speed. And really what takes it to the next level is his IQ, his vision, and, and really knowing where the play is supposed to go. Um, film study, being a leader on the field, really someone that puts himself in the proper position. He's six foot tall, he's 225, maybe able to get up to 235 pounds without losing a lot of his speed, but he plays with that plus speed and range, even though athletic, he doesn't really track that way. You know, he ran a 4.59 at the pro day. Um, he has strong athleticism, 35-inch vertical, a guy that, that should be able to play special teams very well, and most likely as probably a fourth, fifth round draft pick, that's how he's going to have to make the team and, and really get on the field is being a reserve linebacker playing special teams, getting on the field and really making an impact in those blitz downs, getting into the backfield to really make impactful plays. You know, the thing about it is funny. A lot of these guys don't sound like to be the whole, the you know, the super ultra athlete, but they sound like they're just football players. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. They, right. Could just get out there and, and just play football, which is exactly what uh, the league is looking for in whatever way that it is to get them onto a team. It, it, that's what they got to do. And once they get onto the team, well, then, uh, the, you know, it's right there in their corner. They can go out there and, and make some things happen. Now, Tim, before we let you go, I did want to ask you about a couple offensive players. One guy, another guy that I saw up here close to personal at the uh, – at the Shrine Bowl was Tyquan Thornton. He ran a blazing speed at the Combine. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tyquan Thornton and how he really grew from the moment he stepped on campus at Baylor to where he is right now? You know, he is one of the rare four, true four-star recruits out of Miami, Florida, a guy that Baylor got away from a Florida commitment. So that's a rarity in and of itself. He's a guy that played a lot of football, started 33 games at Baylor, 143 catches, 2,200 yards, had 19 touchdowns, really had a great 2019 and a great 2021. Uh, 2020 was a mess for the Bears, the first season of Dave Aranda, uh, really an offensive scheme that really didn't work. Uh, when the Bears scheme worked, though, Thornton really took the top off of defenses in 2019, but came back in 2021 and really worked as a more underneath type receiver. Uh, really improved his toughness uh, on those underneath routes. Ran uh, dozens of dozens of great slant and quick slant routes, something he did not do in 2018 and 2019. Showed significantly stronger hands than we had seen from him. Was able to reach out, catch those balls behind him, in front of him, on those quick release, quick slants, and, and five-step slant routes. So able to really use his body. He's skinny, though. He's, he's 6'2", 180 pounds, best case. Uh, I don't know how much more weight he will be able to put on. So the ability to 
take those hits is definitely the biggest question for him. To be able to beat those jams, especially as an outside receiver, is another question with him. But if you give him a step, he's got true four two eight speed. He will burn you. And I think he's a guy that profiles is kind of that Marquez Valdez Scanling type of mm. role where he can take the, 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 the top off of the defense, will be able to get open, can he complete those catches, and will he be able to really develop as more of an underneath route receiver and survive those hits is really the big question for him. Yeah, Tim, Abram Smith, he didn't. He, this was his first season of carrying the load for Baylor. Had over 1,600 yards, over six yards per carry. But is, would that be a knock with NFL scouts for a running back who doesn't have that much tape and only had the one good season? Yeah, he had a fascinating year. He missed his, his true freshman season with a torn ACL and MCL that hit right when practice started in April of 2017, so sat out the 2017 season, played sparingly in 2018 and 2019, and moved to linebacker halfway through that 19 season and really stepped up into a reserve role in 2020. So he played linebacker uh, for 22 games, had four starts, and really profiled as a better running back in high school. That's what Baylor originally wanted him for. Uh, he had the injury. They had a lot of depth at the uh, running back spot for him, so there's a lot of tread on the tires. And he really showed a, a tremendous ability from a visibility standpoint or from a vision standpoint and from a quickness and, and strong feet standpoint to run that wide zone scheme. That wide zone scheme just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> that wide zone scheme went to the NFC Championship as well with uh, Kyle Shanahan, and it, it, it's foolish to say that wide zone scheme won't continue to propagate itself around the NFL. So as more teams are looking to get those style of running backs, that really plays into Abram Smith's standpoint because that's something that he has proven to do an elite level and could step into a lead first down, second down type running back role tomorrow at the NFL level. Let me ask you about his running mate. How about Treston Ebner? Uh, he's a guy that could do a little bit of everything, you know, punt return, kick return, obviously run the ball and uh, catch the ball in the backfield. What are your thoughts on Ebner? Yeah, he's going to make his money in the NFL as a third down back and on special teams right away. He can cover on special teams, and he's obviously an elite return man, both on the kick return and punt return. Left Baylor as their all-time uh, scrimmage yards uh, leader in program history. So he's a guy that can really impact special teams and has proven to be very, very powerful in the passing game. As a runner, he left a lot to be desired, especially in that wide zone scheme, wanting to always jump outside, not turn north and south at the right time. Um, he probably isn't a stronger fit like Abram Smith, who proved to be a wide zone scheme fit. He's a better fit in a more traditional kind of gap scheme. Um, so Ebner athletically has everything that you would want to see. He had a 4-4-3, 40-yard dash, very strong for his size, had a good vertical jump, very strong broad jump. Um, he plays with plus speed. He needs to play under control and really improve his vision. It's funny. He plays so much, so much better with better vision in the open field than he does between the tackles. And that's something that's really going to have to improve and take his game to the next level to be more than just a gadget third-down receiver and, and specialist. All right, Tim, you got to put the answer this for me once and for all. <laughs> I got a little jealous, and I try not to be a jealous person uh -oh. when Baylor won the Big Twelve. Because Dave Aranda, he was supposed to come to UNLV. Was this just a lot of was this just a lot of smoke and mirrors on the UNLV part, or was this deal like really close and Baylor stole him at the last minute? Because Baylor won the Big Twelve, and I was like, that could have been UNLV. Could it have been? It, it could have been, and, and I think Dave Aranda. <laughs> 
Dave Arana waited for a Power 5 job that really spoke to him. And it would have been very tough for any non-P5 program to get Dave Aranda out of LSU. That's my honest opinion. He's a very, we all see how cerebral and patient he is. He knew it needed to be the right program at the right time to really mark his, to put his mark on a program. Was UNLV able to give him a raise off of being the highest paid defensive coordinator and assistant in the nation? Baylor was able to do that, provide him a structure and a program that had come off of a Big 12 title game appearance, had come off of a Sugar Bowl, and was returning a senior quarterback, returning a very proven and experienced program. No one expected to see COVID turn around and really wreck that season, but that's what Baylor was able to provide him. Though that first year was, it wasn't great, it really laid the foundation for that second year. There you go. And now they're cooking with grease. They're off and running, DeMond, and you're still, well, you're still hoping for those wins and dubs and trying to get to a bowl game. But look, and Tim will tell you, and I know being a Power 5 program and being a different program, is, you know, not being a Power 5 is totally different. But Tim, I mean, there was days when Baylor was in the same position that DeMond's in right now, like just hoping to get to a bowl game. I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Once you get going, then good things could happen. I'll tell you one quick story that can answer that question. So I graduated in 2004 from Baylor. Um, so I was there in 2000 to 2004 during the heights of the Kevin Steele era, era when I saw 11 wins combined in my four seasons. My, my brother went to University of Texas at Arlington, which hasn't had a football program since 1982. He bet me $50 that UTA would win a bowl game before Baylor did when I was in college. <laughs> there you go. So see, DeMond, <laughs> there's hope. Because now, look, Baylor's totally turned around. They're playing some good football and got some good coaches. They're and doing the- it with our coach. Ah, uh, it it's never your coach. <laughs> now, now Iowa State in hoops is doing it with your former coach in basketball. But that's a whole other conversation that I don't think you want me to bring up right now. Tim, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate you as always. What you got coming out on BearsIllustrated.com that we should be on the lookout for? Oh, a ton of stuff, guys. We've got a, a big basketball recruit that's hopefully deciding the uh, uh, a news on Friday, Miro Little, a fringe five-star from Finland, so I know all your Finnish listeners will love that. <laughs> uh, and then the spring game is coming around the corner, so lots of stuff about the next wave of hopeful uh, uh, Vegas Red uh, Vegas uh, uh, Raiders uh, coming up in the draft in the next few years. There it is right there. Not mad at that at all, and I'm sure you'll have plenty to write about and talk about once these guys get uh, selected and go to their respective teams. So uh, it's a good day to be a Baylor Bear, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, sir, it is. All right, Tim. Well, we appreciate you as always, my man. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. There he goes. Tim Watkins, BearsIllustrated.com, on Twitter at TimWatkins. Started to get caught up with the Texas Tech Red Raiders, but it's all good. He's a he's a Big Twelve guy, so he knows. But yeah, man, I mean, I I was there. I was there when the conversation was: are the are the Baylor Bears even going to get a, a bowl game? Now it's like, okay, uh, can they win the Big Twelve? You know, so I mean, you just got to build it. And again, Power Five and non Power Five is totally different. But once you get rolling, man, you can you can get on a roll. So there's hope. There's hope. Just you got to get that foundation going. You got to get that. What they have to do, what UNLV needs to do, is find that one player that's that big-time difference maker. And, and like, for Baylor, it was RG3, right? Mm-hmm. He was that big-time difference maker that kind of put them on the map and really got everyone to pay attention. Now, they had players in the, in the past. Don't get me wrong. Someone's going to text me and be like, what about Mike Singletary? He's a Hall of Famer. I know. But it was few and far in between, <laughs> all right? They, they had players here and there. But once they had RG3 and it really put them on that map, then all of a sudden things started to roll. So many thanks to Tim for giving us a few minutes talking about some uh, potential 
Las Vegas Raiders, you never know. I mean, again, Kalen Boogie Barnes is a guy that they met with. Tyquan Thornton, I could see them getting him in the later rounds as a speedster, just as a specialist. There's a couple guys I could see them interested in, so that's why I wanted to have Tim on. Before we take a break, I did want to ask for caller number nine right now. I got an NFL Draft Day Staycation Qualifier. What is that? $50 gift card to Vegas Sports and Hockey. It's open in Centennial. I'm going to get you in to win the grand prize, which includes a two-night staycation, accommodation for April 28th to 29th at the TI, hotel and casino, parking's available, dinner at Gillies, uh, everything, man. We're going to get you hooked up with a nice little package. Right now, they're going to get you hooked up with a $50 gift card to Vegas Sports and Hockey if you're calling number 9 at 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. There's no big secret to winning football. It's just doing what these guys do every game. Just go out and give it your best. Bottom line, I took a team to a Super Bowl and we won. I even had some guys on that team that nobody wanted. But we were a team. And that's what you guys are. You're a football team. That's kind of like a family. Except you get to hit each other. But you have to stick together. Do that, you'll be fine. Thanks, Mr. Rabbit. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Want to give a big shout out to my guy Jared. Got hooked up with a $50 gift card to Vegas Sports and Hockey open in Centennial. That right there, that gift card is getting them in to win the grand prize, which includes a two-night stay accommodation for the 28th and 29th. Obviously, that's the NFL draft at the TI Hotel Casino. Parking is provided. Dinner at Gillies is provided. Everything. All kind of hookup for you. So big shout out to my guy, Jared. I wanted to pass this along. We actually have a couple funny, I guess funny, because I don't really know what the next segment's going to be about. I've been warned, but I don't really know what it's going to be about, so I can't tease it. But apparently it's part of the press box, and maybe their response to our basketball conversation we were having last week, which apparently has been a pretty hot topic. People over on Twitter have been trying to reach out to me like, hey, Q, don't underestimate DeMar. And you might, you know, try to warn me. And that's cool. I respect that. But I keep telling them it's not about DeMar. It's about me. Like, that's what competitors do. Competitors don't be like, well, you know, I've never seen him play. I better, you know, no, man, I'm a competitor. I think I can win anything. There's a difference between being a competitor and then just being downright disrespectful. I'm not being disrespectful. I've never, ever, ever. <laughs> Worried about anyone or been concerned about anyone I play because I feel like I'm the better of the two. So and you ain't got to see him play like a dude 6'9", come no, in, dunking in warm-ups, you ain't going to be like, that dude might be a problem? No, no, I know, I realize, but I'm, I'm never going to admit it. I'm just going to go okay. play. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, that's just what you do. You just go play. Now, I, hey, look, I've met many a cat that are better than me. Don't get me wrong. Hell, my son's almost better than me. I say almost. He's not better than me yet. Ooh. And he play, and he, and he, he gets, I don't say paid to go to go play ball, but... I mean, he got a scholarship, <laughs> so he can play. I thought you were well. The NCAA they can't get you anymore. I thought you were going to say some bags were being. No, dropped. no. I'm hoping that he gets some money. I'm hoping he gets an NIL. I mean, hell, he's a good looking kid. He better work his magic, man. I Is that what happened? What's the school in Texas that he had a visit? Yeah. Oh, UTEP. Yeah, UTEP. Did you say, hey, we want we want a little Q to go to school here? You said how much, man? And they were like, oh, it's not that kind of program. I sir. wish I wish I could have pulled a Cam Newton because <laughs> that's what Cam Newton's daddy said. Hey, yep. look, you know, we want you to go here. Look, and I would have said it too. I would have had no problem. I've been a firm believer for years that these guys should get an opportunity to get some money. If you can make some money off of who you are and what you do, go for it. It used to drive people crazy when I said that on ESPN Central Texas because, you know, we were the flagship of Baylor and it was like, you can't say that, Q. And I was like, the hell I can't. You think RG3 is paying for dinner? Come on, man. Give me a break. No, Q, you're going to get us in trouble. No, how? 
I'm just telling you. I'm not the one paying them. Exactly. I know in the world of radio where I'm from, what we've done, we get hooked up all the time. We ain't nobody. You know what I mean? There ain't there ain't 60,000 people in the stadium cheering us on. Q, come on. Ah, no. We're just radio cats. And I know how much hookup we get. So if you're telling me a guy, like, like RG3, for example, if you are a, a, a fan of the Baylor Bears and you see your favorite football player on the team and you want to buy him and his girl or him and his buddy's dinner, why the hell not? Why should he have to say, oh, no, I'm sorry, that's an NCAA violation. I can't do it. That's dumb. That's a hookup. That's a hookup based on who you are. Who cares? So I've always been a firm believer in that. So I'm glad NIL's here. I am. And someone's going to take advantage of it, but I don't care. Real quick before we take a break. No, I'll take a break because it's going to take me more than a second to, to break this down now that I went on my tangent to the left. But, yeah, little Q, man, he's a good-looking dude. He better get up off his shoulders and get some NIL. Got all that damn hair, man. You say he's good. What's he, what's he going to be doing? Getting the modeling contract? What I he? mean, look, have you, you've seen him, haven't you? He's got all the good hair and everything, man. Go get a hair deal or something. You can do something. Hey, man, everyone's got to have their niche. Like, you've got a role. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about it. If you were, if you were a, a collegiate athlete right now, there would be something that you have, some feature that you have or something that you have that you could say, okay, this is what would tie me to this organization. That's all you got to do. I've been telling them, man, you better act like your daddy and open your mouth and talk. Don't just let your play be your, do your talking, man. You got to sell yourself. You're your best advertiser. You are the only one who's going to believe in you as much as you. I promise you. 358's the time. When we come back, I really don't know what's going to happen. I know we're going to kick off hour number three of the show. It has something to do with our basketball challenge with the press box and us. Don't let us play the press box because we'd kill those cats. Probably just me and DeMond against those three. But anyway, we'll get to that next as we kick off hour number three. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.